0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Today is the second uh, week of the Secrets of the Millionaire Mind series. Uh, I'm teaching the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, by T. Harv Ecker. And, I'm, you know, adding my own new thought twist to it, because I think this is a really good, simple book on the psychology of money, not just the accumulation techniques, because there are a lot of books that will teach you, you know, whatever methods you want to utilize to attain wealth and real estate and investments, and business entrepreneurs, you know, you know, work. AKA jobs, you know, it's so many ways in which a person can accumulate wealth. The issue comes into play is the psychology around it. And what he deals with is the mindset, the subconscious beliefs, the, the way we think, the way we perceive the money, the way money occurs to, our, to us, the way we experience it, you know. And I think it's really important for us to recognize that we all have a psychology around money. And again, you know, as I mentioned at a church I was speaking at a couple of weekends ago, that, you know, you know, people will always try to tell you what money can't do. And we're not concerned with what money can't do. Well, money can't buy love. Well, love isn't for sale or it shouldn't be. But what can you do with a greater experience of wealth? How about support the ones you love? Create, you know, a safe experience. You know, there are people who are in the city of Chicago where I'm right now. There, there are neighborhoods in Chicago where people are not necessarily safe because of gangs and drugs, and violence, shooting, things of that nature. And they're families that want to get out. And they're not in the economic position to do so. How about making sure that you can take care of your loved ones when they are going through experiences? I know people who want to love and support people, loved ones who have health challenges, and they're staring down literally how to figure out if they are going to pay for some medicine or they're going to take care of rent the light bill, the gas bill, you know, food, et cetera, or procedures that are not being done because the insurance won't cover it or whatever. How about having the freedom to make choices so you don't have to be in situations and circumstances that you don't want to be in. There are people who are in, bad, I don't want to use bad, nonproductive or toxic environments as concerning work. And they are sometimes in situations that are literally eating them up at the soul level because they don't have the freedom of movement that wealth gives you. Now, I'm not saying they still can't choose to go do something else, but when you're staring down responsibilities and accountability, when you have family and, and you got mortgages and rent and car notes and all this other stuff, it's easier said than done just to say, oh, just quit. Now, people can say that, but then, they don't, then they're not necessarily responsible for what you're accountable for. How about creating a life where you, you get to go where you want to go, do what you want to do? When you want to do it, with who you want to do it with, as long as you want to do it. You want to go on vacations. You want to travel. You want to have different experiences. You want to have the opportunity to live in the neighborhood that you want to live in. You want to have the opportunity to drive what you want to drive. You want to have the opportunity to send your kids to the schools that you want to send them to or give them the experiences they desire. You know, I was just talking to someone just the other day who wants to send her son to a, a school and the the difference between what the school is offering and scholarships versus uh, what they were owed for undergrad degree was about $100,000 in American dollars. So before this kid even can, you know, walk across the stage, he'll already be $100,000 in debt and that's, normal today so wealth matters prosperity matters there are situations and circumstances where people literally are uh, so disconnected from a proper money prosperity consciousness that they don't even have emergency funds there are a lot of people right now who if you poll the average American And I'm sure if you went around the world, but let's just talk about United States for a minute, where they wouldn't even have $1,000 for an emergency. So when you don't have even $1,000 for an emergency, everything is an emergency. Everything. Every you drive over a nail on the highway, you got to get a new tire. That's an Emergency. Unexpected bill, that's an emergency. Everything is an emergency when you don't have your prosperity consciousness together and are producing the results of that consciousness. So I'm going to the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, T. Harv Ecker, and, and I'm and i about to start on page 15. But what I want you to do is to get the book. Just don't listen to the show. I don't know T. Harv, Harv Ecker. I don't get any sales from this book or any other book that I've ever taught on this show Uh, until I write my own and I, and I got, you know, you know, I'm, I'm the perfectionist who has to get that worked out. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's important for you to realize that I only want you to get your breakthrough. That's what matters to me. So I'm going to put material in front of you that I feel as though will help you connect the dots and get you the breakthroughs you desire in your life. That's what counts. All right. So here on page fifteen he starts to talk about declarations. Alright. So what he says is so I'm going to ask you every time you reach the end of a major principle in this book, you first put your hand on your heart, then make a verbal declaration, to touch your head with your index finger and make a another verbal declaration. What's a declaration? It's simply a positive statement that you make emphatically out loud. Why are declarations such a valuable tool? Because everything is made of one thing, energy. And he goes on about creating intention when you declare, when you speak the word. Now, what he does is he does, a he creates a distinction between affirmation and declaration. And I want to play with this for a minute because I have, I have a slightly different opinion than him, but I think it's important that Uh, I do mention it. He says on page 16, the difference between a declaration and an affirmation is slight, but in my mind, powerful. The definition of an affirmation is a positive statement asserting that a goal you wish to achieve is already happening. The definition of a declaration is to state an official intention to undertake a particular course of action or adopt a particular status. An affirmation states that a goal is already happening. And he says, I'm not crazy about this, because he says, basically, when you're affirming, your mind could be like, this is some nonsense. On the other hand, he says, a declaration is not saying something is true, but it's stating that we have an intention of doing or being something. So, for me, an affirmation is a couple of things. When you talk, talk about it from a pure human level, it's just asserting that something is a fact or something already exists. From a metaphysical standpoint, an affirmation is, is, is an assertion and it's really a declaration in its own true way of something that is already true in spirit, or it's literally creating the pattern for the physical manifestation. So in spiritual terminology, God is not, I just, is God is not, Uh, I will be something in the future. God is I am. I am that I am. Or as Neville Goddard used to say, God says I am, not I did. Or even I wish. Now, I think both can be powerful. You can declare something like, for instance, the Declaration of Independence by the United States from Great Britain was an affirmation of their principles and their decision or choice to be free. So even though literally they weren't free, their declaration was an affirmation of freedom. It was saying we're free now and now we're going to take the actions of free people. So I'm, you know, for me, It seems as though people are running away from the term affirmation because people have a tendency to abuse it and not teach it properly. But from a pure metaphysical standpoint, an affirmation can be used a couple of ways. One, to align with the spiritual you, the truth about you. I am health. I am peace. I am love. I am joy. I am is your spiritual nature. It is God's idea of itself in you. I am is your spiritual identity. If God is I am, you're the image or likeness of God. You are I am. I am is is, is basically also can be viewed as a state of being. And, and as Reverend Ike would say, whatever you, I am is your first name. Whatever you put after I am is your last name. So I'm totally comfortable with I am statements. I teach I am statements because, because the subconscious mind, When it's truly conditioned, doesn't know the difference between a past, present, and future experience. So when you say I am, you are affirming what is true now on the mental and spiritual so it can become true on the physical level of life. Now, he could get the same results by declaring. And for me, do what works for you. I'm just saying from the standpoint of saying, well, affirmation is this and a declaration is that. What I would say is this works for me better than this works for you. You know, it's sorta of like, you know, when I was a kid, there used to be a basketball player that played for the Los Angeles Lakers with Magic Johnson. His name was Jamal Wilkes. And Jamal Wilkes was a really good shooter, but he had the most unorthodox shot. He would pull the ball up over his left side of his ear, head, pull it around and shoot it on the right side. And anybody that knows anything about jump shooting, a jump shot knows that that's improper form. But it, but he got buckets. But he got buckets. So, Instead of focusing on that method doesn't work, look at the results. That's all I'm saying. Look at the results. And if making declarations or or affirmations or I am affirmations or general more success-oriented affirmations work for you, great. But I'm a believer that affirmations should be present tense. I'm a big believer in using I am with affirmations. And they should always be exceptionally positive. They should have no shade of doubt in them. Because the affirmation, in the truest sense, or the declaration, is only a tool to condition your mind. It is not the thing, it is a tool. They are tools, affirmations and declarations, to condition your mind. That's all. Tools. And I might be better with one tool than you are with another. That's all. I might prefer one way versus another. You know, I might like Mercedes. You might like BMW. Somebody else might like Jaguars. I actually like Jaguars. It's kind of, you know, but anyway, moving along. So he has a declaration on page 17 he wants people to do. So this is where you will put your hand over your heart. And then the next statement would be put your index finger on your mind. So the declaration where you have your hand over your heart is my inner world creates my outer world. Again, my inner world creates my outer world. Then you put your hand over your head and say, I have a millionaire mind. What are you thinking and conditioning so he's talking about head and heart, connecting the two conscious and subconscious minds, objective and subjective thinking. All right. So what he says on the, uh, the next section of the book is what is your money blueprint and how is it formed? So he gives us sig- an analogy. He says. Each of us has a personal money and success blueprint. Already embedded in our subconscious mind and this blueprint more than anything and everything else combined will determine your financial destiny. I want that just to sit in. I'm going to read it again because I really want you to understand what he just said. Each of us has a personal money and success blueprint already embedded in our subconscious mind and this blueprint, more than anything and everything else combined will determine your financial destiny. So, in other words, he's saying more than education, more than experience, more than opportunity, more than who you know, Your financial blueprint will, your money blueprint will determine more than any other factor in your life. Now, you can say, well, there's so many other things that happen, and that's true. And be undeniable and be unstoppable. You know, I was, um, I'm going to give an example about blueprint. And I've used this analogy on the show before, but uh, just drilling down a little bit on it. Uh, the, the rapper, uh, when I was a kid, it was a rapper named KRS-One, who was a part of a group called Boogie Down Productions. And uh, the group got started because he was in a shelter. He was a homeless teenager. And when he met one of the counselors, he discovered that one of the counselors was uh, a DJ named Scott LaRock. The the counselor like, what you want to do with your life? And he's like, hey, I want to be a rapper. He, really? He's like, I'm an MC. So okay, spit around right now. You know, cares one did the thing. He's like, hey, I'm a DJ, I'm Scott LaRock. I DJ down at this spot. I can't remember the name. It was some local club. He brought this teenager down uh, to hear him, and it ended up being a situation a circumstance where. Uh, some other local DJs that, you know, were competing with Scott LaRock were had some rappers and he was like, Man, if you had a rapper, you know, we'd take you out, whatever. And Karis won, it was a whole group of them and Karis one was like, I'll jump in. Oh, he does have a rapper. I'm I'm his MC. And they had a battle. And what was interesting about it, and the reason why I'm telling this story is because of the blueprint. His blueprint was I'm a I'm in this shelter, I'm homeless. But I want to be an MC. If I can show in front of all these people and in front of Scott LaRock that I can take out this whole crew, I don't have to be homeless anymore. I don't have to be hungry anymore. I don't have to wear the same clothes anymore. I can take care of my family. I can put myself in a position where I'm winning. That blueprint of that he had in his mind was I have to win. You know, as Les Brown would say, you got to be hungry. He had to win. That was his blueprint. There was no doubt. Look, those guys were going back home and getting in beds. Those people were going back and going to apartments and homes. Those people were going back and had food to eat. Those people were going back and had a closet full of clothes. He had to win. So let me ask you this question. Do you have to win? Do you have to succeed? Do you have to be financially independent? Do you in other words is it are you all in? Look, I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning like for real, like for real i'm I'm succeeding see that level of drive becomes a part of your blueprint well I'm winning big time. No, I'm winning. And and, and what ends up happening is most of us will coast, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on the show in more detail. Most of us will coast on a talent at a certain level. We're not hungry enough for it. We're not passionate enough for it. We don't desire it enough. We're not willing to sacrifice for it. Everything you desire has a price. In time, in energy, in focus, sometimes money. Everything. How bad do you want it? everything but you know when you know when you can do what you got to do and still watch TV and Netflix and YouTube and sh- scroll on your social media and look at everybody else's lives and comment on everybody else's lives while you say you want what you want but you're not going for it like, going for it. I mean, going for it. That's the difference. See, that blueprint of, you know, I'm, it's good enough. Oh, okay, I'm cool. I'm whatever. No. Are you willing to be the pit bull going after a, a steak? Are you willing to be a cheater chasing down the whatever, the gazelle or whatever? Are you willing to be the leopard jumping out the tree? How bad do you want it? Are you willing to be the eagle on a mountain cliff and seeing that, that rabbit and you, and that's the only thing you see now. And all of your energy, all of your focus is going towards one thing. That's that laser beam. That's that focus. That's what it takes. That blueprint. So he goes on to say, what is a money blueprint? As an analogy, let's consider the blueprint for a house, which is a present plan or design for that particular home. In the same way, your money blueprint is simply your preset program or way of being. And. Relation to money. Again, your money blueprint is simply your present program or way of being in relation to money. So he he gives a formula that he, that, um, he discusses in the book and he calls it the wealth principle. And it is. Or he also calls it the process of manifestation. And it is. Thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings lead to actions. Actions lead to results. Thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings lead to actions. Actions lead to results. Then he goes on to say, Your financial blueprint consists of a combination of your thoughts, feelings, and actions in the arena of money. So how do we get this program? He says, so how is your money blueprint formed? The answer is simple. Your financial blueprint consists primarily of the information or programming you received in the past, especially as a young child. Who were. The primary sources of this programming or conditioning for most people, the list includes parents, siblings, friends, authority figures, teachers, religious leaders, media and your culture to name a few. Now, we're coming up on our first commercial I mean, our commercial break, so I'm going to jump into that when I get back. But I just want you to think about why we're on the break your past and how money occurred to you in the past. What were the money habits of your parents or the people who raised you? Were they spenders? Were they fearful of money? You know, were you scared of how things were done? Were people reckless with it? Were they investors? Were they, you know, productive? Like what did you learn about money from parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, peers? Think about it. We'll be right back with True Transformers.
0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. Celebrating diversity and inclusivity for Pride Month. We are one. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Reverend Ogan Holder, speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, on Living an Abundant Life. Examine your life. Whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had, realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak, as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is, this is the only thing we got to get in through our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Indian saint and mystic Kabir is quoted as saying, One drop of divine love can turn you to gold. Immerse yourself in the work of Kabir with acclaimed poet, author, and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey in his book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew shares the powerful and timeless words of Kabir in a way that is accessible to all. With beautiful photography by Brett Hurd, this is a book you will turn to again and again. Available now at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Congratulations to Unity Books for winning honors as best small press from the Nautilus Book Awards. Two books published by Unity are also winners of the prestigious Nautilus. Stations of the Cosmic Christ by Matthew Fox won a gold medal, and Andrew Harvey's book Turn Me to Gold won silver. The Nautilus Award celebrates books supporting spiritual growth and positive social change. Find these award-winning books at unity.org/shop or on Amazon in print or ebooks. Learn how to break away from self-limiting beliefs and get some support with T.J. Woodward and the Conscious Being Radio Show every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central. A recovery specialist, author, inspirational speaker, and coach, T.J. will share practical tools and life strategies to help you overcome your fears and learn to awaken to your true nature. Join the show with your questions and comments and get the support you need to move forward fearlessly. T.J. is here to help every Wednesday on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555.
1: Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I'm in the midst of teaching the series... Uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, based upon the book by T. Harv Ecker, of the same title. Before we get back into the book, let me give my brief commercial. This show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. My request is that you go to the Unity Online Radio website, unityonlineradio.org, or the shortcut unity.fm and click on the Donate button and help support this online ministry so we can continue to spread this message around the world. The hosts are not paid to do this show. We do these, we present and spread these messages of love because we want to be a stand for transformation. Obviously, we're open to prosperity as it comes from different forms and, and different ways, et cetera. But, but every host on these on this radio, online radio station, is giving from the heart of love. And I think that's important to say sometimes because sometimes people assume things. And it's nothing wrong, first of all, getting paid. I would totally take a check for it. That being said, that's not what this is. This is a ministry that believes in sending the message out there to the world. Now, also, this show has a Facebook page Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you go on to the Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, like the page, give it a five-star rating, and write a positive, exceptional review. So you can help with the algorithms and get the information out in front of people. The other thing is this show is on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, which are both apps to listen to podcasts. Again, if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, it's important to me that you, again, give it a five-star rating, write an exceptionally positive review, and help get this message out in front of people. A couple of quick more things. If you haven't done so already, I would like you to download the Christ Universal Temple app. It's called Christ Universal Digital. You can download it in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. You will also have an opportunity to connect with some free Johnny Coleman archive lessons. Uh, beginning next week, we're going to have a whole catalog of, of of audio clips of Johnny that you for a very small subscription. Very small. You can actually have access to this large catalog that will be added onto weekly of Johnny Coleman lessons the actual giant of new thought for the last half of the 20th century you can have access to the lessons that built at one point the largest new thought ministry in the world and the first mega church in Chicago you want to be a part of that consciousness you can go to the christ universal temple website at cu temple.org And. And it's important for you to not important again, I think it would be beneficial to you to check out the live stream either via the app or via the website on Sundays, 1030 a.m. to noon. You want to check that out as an opportunity again. Also, the Panorama of Truth is the conference that's connected to the organization I'm connected to, the Universal Foundation for Better Living. That's July 17th through the 21st. Go to UFBL.org to get more information about the Panorama of Truth conference in Miami, Florida this year. Also, I'm speaking at the International New Thought Alliance Annual Congress in Nashville, Tennessee, and that starts on July 22nd through the 26th. I'm speaking on the 25th. Excuse me. And I think that's all of my commercial stuff. So I want to make Oh, last but not least, I'll be at Renaissance Unity in Ferndale, Michigan this Sunday speaking. My lesson title will be Don't Stop until you give enough. So it's kind of a play on the Michael Jackson song. I think you'll like it. So, um, anyway, so we'll get back to the book and do what we got to do. Um, you know, back to the book. So I was talking about the primary sources for the programming. And one of the things he talks about is culture, that we all grew up in a culture I want you just to take a few moments to think about again, the culture that you grew up in around money, the culture you grow up, um, you know, around money. And if you think about how you learned about money, like I, I jokingly, you know, would say that, you know, sometimes I have relatives that would try to squeeze a dollar out of everything, you know. I can even remember a person that I knew that I even jokingly said at his funeral that he was the cheapest person I'd ever met. Like he never wanted to spend money on anything. So the challenge was if you, he couldn't even enjoy the money he made because he was so reluctant to utilize or circulate his money, you know, you know, so, you know, You know, so anyway, you know, back to the book. So he goes on to say, your thoughts originate, page 19, your thoughts originate from the files of information you have in the storage cabinets of your mind, you know, files of information. So you have a file or information, this is a metaphor, obviously, or you have memories or, that are connected to feelings, that are connected to thoughts, that are connected to how you experience the thing, how they're connected to how a thing occurred to you and around money, just like you will around relationships, around uh, things like, you know, entitlement or abandonment or connection or love or whatever. Um, that would, You know, those type of things are the things that pull up and sometimes are triggered when you are going through something. So you're like, I don't even know why I got angry about that situation. It triggered something in your files of information. So it's important to recognize that the programming matters. I've said often on this show. Somebody is going to condition your mind, mind. It might as well be you. Somebody's going to condition your mind. It might as well be you. So he adds to his wealth principle formula, the P. So now is programming leads to thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. Your feelings lead to your actions. Your actions lead to your results. So what he's saying in a real way is this, around prosperity, wealth, and money, that your programming will give you the thought, the thought generates the feelings, and the feelings generate the actions, and the actions lead to your results. Now, I'm going to add one extra step into this that he doesn't have, but I think it's important. After the programming, you have thoughts, and then you have feelings. Sometimes it might come up as a feeling first before you actually have a thought. You don't know why you are feeling the way you're feeling. And then the thought reveals itself later, because sometimes we feel a thing before we have a clear thought or image in mind around why we're feeling what we're feeling. But I'm also going to give you one of the dead giveaways. One of the dead giveaways to the program is your conversation, especially when you're not paying attention. How do you talk about money? Now he goes into that later into this chapter. But it's important for me just to pause right now and and really say to you, how do you talk about money? How do you talk about success? It's really important not to get caught up in the conversations of other people around about and around lack. That was something that Johnny Coleman would press upon us all the time. that don't get caught up in those conversations around the water cooler. Don't get caught up in those conversations about what people don't have and lack and et cetera. She would even say statements like never give to someone's poverty, always give to their abundance. Like, what do you mean give to their, don't give to their poverty. If they have a need and, and they're, and they don't have, then you give to them. But her mindset was that we were just stewards of God's abundance sharing with another child of God. Don't look at that child of God as as, as poor and, and destitute. Why? Because for you to have that thought about them, it has to be in your mind. And then you have to have thoughts and feelings about it. And then you're even speaking it at times, affirming something that is not true about their real spiritual nature. So she was very clear that you kept your that you keep your mind up. Now it don't mean that you are an ostrich with your head in the sand. What it does mean is you have to learn how to observe without being absorbed. Observe without being absorbed. Because you're working on your program. You're literally working through this book or through these podcasts or through the lessons or the classes or the sermons you hear or whatever it is that you're doing, you're literally seeking to hear, to hear the words, reprogram your mind. Don't miss it. You're here to reprogram your mind. Your mind has been programmed to function a certain way. And you don't have to guess how your mind has been programmed. It is producing the results of the program. So, on my wall in my office is a scripture that I that I have stenciled into the onto the paint. It is Romans chapter twelve verse two in the New Revised Standard Version. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, notice the way to transformation is through renewing, making it new again. The way to your success and prosperity is by renewing, reprogramming, revitalizing, restoring truth in your mind and releasing the error around success, prosperity, wealth, and money. You want money transformation in your life, you gotta reprogram your mind. And you have to reset it to the original spiritual default, which is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The original default, is you are a child of God and you're connected and one with all the goodness in the universe. The original setting or program is the manna always falls from heaven. The original program is the Red Sea always splits when I put my feet in the water and faith. The original program is what we have to get back to. I believe very strongly that within the soul of every individual is a remnant of truth from our spiritual nature that if we can connect to, allows us to build on it. In the scripture, when the Hebrew folks were going through trials and tribulations, uh a prophet would always say that God has said that would say to the prophet, I have left you a remnant. What's your wealth remnant? Something in you that says, No, this ain't the way this is supposed to be. No, you know, I gotta live better than this. No, this isn't working. Something in you that wants better, desires better, knows better, pushes you to be better. That's the remnant. Something in you, even if you've been born and raised in the most horrendous situations and circumstances, somehow, some way, you found your way to a higher idea and ideal of yourself. To where you could even be listening to a podcast like this one. That's your remnant. All right, so how do we get programmed? So he says there's three ways we get programmed. And just looking at the time, I thought I was going to finish this chapter today, but uh, I've only done like three pages. So we might have to push this I might have to resend my descriptions for the show for the next couple of months. Anyway, three ways we're conditioned. Three ways we get programmed. First one is, page 20, verbal programming. What did you hear when you were young? Second way we get programmed. Now, he's talking about everything, but this book is about success and money. But he's talking about this is how we get programmed in general. Modeling. What did you see when you were young? In other words, children pay attention. I always tell people, be careful what you say and do around kids. Even when you don't think they're listening, they are. When you don't think they're paying attention, they are. You know, I I have a good general rule that I don't say or do anything that I don't want my own child to model. Um, And my daughter's a young adult now. And I'm not doing and saying things I don't want my child to model. Period. No. uh, What's the word I want to use? No exceptions. It's important. Modeling matters. Modeling matters. That's why when Angel was a little girl, I would tell her that if I tell you I'm going to do something, I always will. No exceptions. I said, however, you have to work for that yes. My yes is not easy. Because she knew if she could get a yes out of me, she could book it. Because her daddy's not going to let her down. Why? Because it was important for me to, for her to know in general as a person, but as a woman, as an adult, I don't want any guy telling her one thing and doing something else. And she thinks it's okay. It's okay because I modeled it. That doesn't make sense. So what was modeled to you about money growing up? What did you see? Did you see arguments about money? Did you see people stressed about money? Did you see people fearful about money? Did you see people responsible about money? Did you Were there conversations about who can have money and who couldn't? You know, you know, talk about culture. You know, one of the things I mentioned on the show before is when I was a little kid in the African-American culture in the United States, and this was rather than Chicago or anywhere else I went, one of the things that people would say all the time is a black man can never be the president of the United States. White America would never allow that. And when Barack Obama was running for president, there were people who were adamant about, they ain't going to let that brother win. You got to be delusional because the programming was so strong. So you have to figure out how to make your programming work for you, not work against you. I can't have this because I'm black or Asian or Hispanic or whatever. I can't have this because my age. I can't have this when I'm too young or too short. I can't have this because of my health. I can't have this because I don't, because of money. I can't have this because I don't have the education. I don't have the background. I don't have the whatever. And I'm saying, okay, that's a program. And that's all it is. And it only has the meaning you give it. If you want to be successful, you want to have wealth, you have to break the modeling program. You have to break the verbal programming and then he talks about specific incidents. What did you experience when you were young? So when you, if you have bad money experiences especially that can have a detrimental effect because he talks about later in the book there are people who are driven because they have bad money experiences but they get successful and they don't enjoy their wealth. What did you experience about money? You know, you know, going back to that, the rapper I talked about earlier, Kara S1, he has, he has a song when he talks about his brother, Kenny, and, and, uh, and him going to school and they had three pair of pants between the two of them. So he basically says, you know, with one and a half pair of pants, you ain't cool. I remember that, that's that lyric in my head. Okay. That was a money experience. Two brothers close to age, close to size. So they shared three pairs of pants. That can have a conditioning on how you view money. Moving right along. And for some people, this, it it could be a positive, it's like, you know what, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm never whatever. But then you can't allow that fear to drive you going forward. you got to be able to change it up after that. All right. So he, he goes on to the first influence verbal programming. And he gives some great stories that I'm not going to read um, because he has a point that I want to drive home from this chapter. Which is, when the subconscious mind must choose between deeply rooted emotions and logic, emotions will almost always win. Let me state that again. When the subconscious mind must choose between deeply rooted emotions and logic, emotions will almost always win. So you can have every logical reason why. You should be able to succeed. Why you should be able to do what you need to do with money—the legitimate reasons, etc. And if your subconscious mind is somewhere else, you will sabotage your own success because of verbal programming. You got as a kid, he gives stories about people and their moms, people and their dads, people and his him and his father, and how it unconsciously trained him to have a difficult situation. Or I I would say an ebb and flow relationship with money. He make it and he lose it all, make it and lose it all, because that was the verbal programming he received from his own father. So he goes on to say, again, your subconscious conditioning determines your thinking, your thinking determines your decisions, your decisions, determine your actions, which eventually determine your outcomes, So what he's really saying is if your subconscious is determining your thinking, what he's really saying is you're actually recycling thought. You're not having original thought. Because original thought is 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 choice. Thought should at the conscious level of mind, we can we're always doing one of three things. We're turning within to spirit. I would say that's turning to the superconscious mind, Christ, Christ mind, higher mind, whatever term you want to use, intuition, higher awareness. You're turning to your subconscious mind, which is what he's talking about, and you're you're getting information from the program, or you're going to the world to seek out the information out in the world of appearances, the physical world. At any given moment, you're doing three things, turning within, turning to the program, or turning outside of yourself. Now, I don't have a judgment on any of those things except that I know spirit will give you the pure choice that's guided by divine intelligence. The program will give you what you are, uh, what you've been conditioned to think. I really want you to get that. The program will give you what you've been conditioned to think. Only. Only. And if the and if the program is doing whatever it's doing, you can be in trouble. Because you can have the success, you can have the education, you can have the connections. And fall on your face. You can even, as he mentions in one of the stories in the book, you can be a person of an exceptionally high income, and and spend it as soon as you get it. I really wanted to land, so we're we basically run out of time. I have about a minute left, so next week we'll finish up, or hopefully finish up this chapter, and because this chapter your money blueprint Sets the pace for the second part of the book, which is the wealth files where we get an opportunity to talk about the differences between a poverty thinker and a prosperity thinker and the the Mental conditioning we need to do to to create a new program a wealth program Or as he calls it a millionaire mind mastering the inner game of wealth so, you know, work with the book, read the chapter, read ahead, do what you need to do, and I'm going to work with you. So I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unity Online
0: Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa one to get that information. I answer audience questions and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.